Welcome to the Campus Outreach Podcast, where we want to equip you to make your college years count for eternity. I'm your host, Tyler Rollison, also known as T-Roll, and today we have a very special guest returning to the podcast, my good friend, Justin Hawara, who is on staff with Campus Outreach Birmingham. He's actually been working with us for 16 years, count them, Justin, 16 years, and uh, quite a lot of experience you got there. Um, So welcome back, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me back, T-Roll. It's fun to talk with you in any context but this podcast thing is is enjoyable and hopefully it benefits uh those who listen oh for sure yeah for sure so what why don't you do this before we get into our topic before we get into the questions we have today what if you tell all of our listeners a little bit more about you and your family and just a little bit more about your life yeah sure um yeah so married to leah great woman been married almost 16 years will be 16 years and a few months here so um, wow. So you married to Leah and CO in the same year, huh? Yeah. It was a big year for me. <laughs> it was a big year. Um, yeah. So yeah, we, we came on staff and got married that same year. Um, so been with CO and with Leah for 16 years. Uh, we have four kids, two daughters, 12 and 11, and then two sons, nine and six. And I come from a, a family of five, had two older sisters and two parents. And so, and we're going to talk a lot about relationships in this podcast. And so I've, I've definitely, you know, in the context of family, I've had a lot of good experience, uh, in, in, in relationships there. Very good. You, you stole my thunder in introducing the topic, but that's, that's okay, do. man. That's what I do. That's okay. We do one take on these, so we're not, we're not starting over. <laughs> I actually had a goal to steal your thunder a lot during this podcast. So well, just get used to it. Okay. Sounds good. You're, you're quite good at it. So no worries. So yes, we are talking about relationships today. We're actually going to be talking essentially, Justin, really what we're getting down to is, um, you know, re- relating to others is really hard, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, what we're going to talk about is finding ways that we can build and sustain healthy relationships. So with that in mind, um, just like the last time we had you on, we're going to ask, ask you some questions and um, do your best to answer them in a, in a profound way. Always profound. <laughs> Keep it profound. <laughs> All right. So what are some general tips and advice you have for building and sustaining healthy relationships? Yeah, good question, T-Roll. I think even before that, just want to state that, you know, I mentioned having experience in relationships in the context of family. I think I would say being in the position I am leading some of our staff and then seeing how the staff have to lead students and, or, or you know, have to coach them in life and spiritually and, and all these different ways. Just to kind of state it, the, the thing that I see the most that's dysfunctional is people not knowing how to relate to one another, believe it or not. There's, there's always, there seems to be always somebody's missing somebody. Somebody's mad at somebody, you know, the, just the state of just generally people knowing how to relate to each other in a healthy way is it's really a big need and, and it's really a mess these days. And so I am excited to answer this question and I've kind of thought through this in, 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 in a more, systematic way. I think there's kind of three tips. So the the first big thing when it comes to relationships that I'd say is that, you know, if you, if you want to write this down, tip number one, you've got to show up in, in relationships with the goal to be a giver versus a taker in a culture that 
you know, there's social media and people are so wondering if, am I noticed? Do people care for me? Do people love me? We are, we are doing a terrible job at showing up saying, I need something from this person. And to me, that's the backbone of why relationships are so messy. Why we're really struggling with having healthy relationships is because we're, we're, we're getting in the relationship to receive instead of to give. Hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously when you're in a healthy relationship, you do receive and you can't, I'm not saying that we should, should be people that just get, you know, stomped on all the time and, you know, get abused or, I mean, that, that'd be terrible. So that's bad advice. But generally to have good, healthy relationships, you've got to turn a corner to where you're in the relationship so that you can offer a blessing to somebody versus demanding a blessing. And so that's kind of the first tip. And, and, and real quick on that before we move to the second one, it, it, it's not bad to desire a blessing in the context of your relationships. You want goodness from people you're in relationships with. That's normal and good. Desiring it is good. Demanding it is when it goes bad. Desire versus demand. So don't demand that you receive from people. Show up in the relationship with a desire to receive, but with a primary goal to give. So that's kind of tip number one. The second tip is connected to that. You're not going to be able to do that well unless you have a deep, real relationship with God. I think the the reason people need from other humans, they need to be seen and noticed is because they're they're not meditating deeply on the fact that God loves them so much that he, you know, he died for, he died for you and he loves you and he he's with you. If you work on that, you're going to naturally have better relationships because you're going to be able to show up and in, in the relationship and say, I'm already stable in my connection with God. Now I can go offer other people, other things. I don't know if you have any questions off that T roll to expound on. No, that, that's really good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued and excited to hear about tip number three. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on T for me, T roll. Of course, man. So yeah. Then the third tip would just be, this is more practical, but in the social media age, in the text message age, we just don't really know to how, how to have hard conversations very well. Oh boy. Yeah. And so, and I'm the worst guys. So, so I, is this like conflict you mean? Yeah. What do you, what do you, you, what do you know, see? So, so say, you know, I'm upset with you T-Roll, which I, maybe I am right now. You never know. You probably are. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. But, um, just kidding. But yeah. So what we do instead of saying, Hey, can we talk this out? We basically just go isolate and then talk to other people. Okay. Yeah. About that person. Instead of just saying, Hey, you know, there's something not right. You know, can, can we talk? And, and maybe even later on, we can get into some of the practicals of how to do that. But tip number three would be learn how to engage people when things are are not clear in relationships. Okay, that's good. You know, this that might actually lead into the, my next question, ironically. But as I mentioned earlier, you've been on staff now for 16 years. So a lot of experience working with college students. And as you have seen different, um, I guess, generations of, of college students come across the campus, what are some of the concerns that you have for this current generation and how they handle relationships? Yeah, I hate to kind of jump right back into it, but the the one big thought I have is that we we get upset or something, you know, turns sour in a relationship and we just go to isolation instead of going to engagement. Um and I think, 
you know, I, I don't want to get into why that may be true. I do think it probably has something to do with being able to communicate through technology so much and being able to isolate and check out. But I, I, I do think, you know, and, and again, I'm, I'm guilty. We all are. When you notice there's a, a disconnection or maybe a lack of peace or joy in your relationship with another person that you're supposed to be unified with and connected with, we usually go process that with other people and that turns into slander gossip, you know, category instead of saying, Hey, I love you. I care about you. You know, can we, can we talk? And, and there's a, you know, to maybe make a a recommendation, something I'm doing with the South Alabama staff team. We're, we're working through the, 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 the concepts of the book, uh, five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick Lencioni, which is not like a, a, a Bible based book, but it's, it's, a business consultant who's talked about how how you're gonna how you're gonna be a part of a healthy team, and and his big principle is for you to have healthy conflict, you have to have trust. And so I would say, when you don't know how to go talk to somebody, it's probably you need to check in and say, do I trust this person? Is there an ability to trust them? so that I can have a, a tough conversation. And so, you know, I, there needs to be much more teaching. That's a, that's a whole nother podcast. If you want to invite someone smarter than me to roll to, to teach on that, but how do you go have a, a tough conversation with somebody? How do you engage in that? I don't know many people smarter than you, Justin. So I'm not sure how well I would do it filling that, that spot, but that is a good idea for future pod. So Good word, good word. Let me ask you this, man. This is a little bit of a shift. So, unless you have anything else you want to say in regards something in regards to the first two questions, we're going to move on to this next one. Uh, so, for a lot of college students, when they become Christians, um, they realize that their friendships, you know, they they sort of change, okay, or at the very least, the type of friendships that they now desire begins to change. So, the type of friendships and relationships they have, um, it's either changing or it's you know, they are wanting them to change in some regard. I think a lot of young college students, a lot of young Christians can relate to this. So what advice would you give to a young Christian who is starting to recognize these distinctions? So it's a good question. I, um, I think I want to take a, a little, a little detour to answer this one to you real, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, so one of my mentors, a guy named Bob Smart, some of you guys have heard of, of him. He's a, you know, really, you know, just another guy. But he he shared with me this kind of grid of thinking about categories of people, and he used Proverbs. And he basically said in the Proverbs, there's at least these four. There might be other um, categories of a type of person. But he, he mentioned, and this would be good to write down, he mentioned that there's there's in the Proverbs, there's a, the, the evil person. There's a foolish person. There's a simple person. He also uses the term simpleton, which is a hilarious way to say a simple person, a simpleton. And then there's a wise person. So reverse order. There's a wise person. There's a simple person. There's a foolish person. And then there's an evil person. Okay. Those are four types of people in Proverbs. I think to answer your question, T-Roll, how do we relate to new friendships when we've come to Christ or whatever, my advice would just be able to have the skill to categorize people. And again, you got to be careful because it's not in a judgmental, I'm better than you type of way. But when you're in relationships with people, it would be helpful to know, okay, man, this person is very godly. 
They may be even be a mentor or a, a peer Christian that's wanting to help me grow. They're, they're probably in the wise category. They have something to offer you and I'm going to lean on them to, to, to grow myself and to have, you know, fellowship with them. A simple person, maybe somebody, they may, they maybe could be a Christian. Um, but there's, there's just not a lot of depth yet. They're, 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 they're still really young. And so it may be somebody that maybe you're influencing and you're helping grow. Um, or maybe it's just somebody that's maybe at the same stage you are, cause maybe you're a young believer, but they're not somebody that that's, that's kind of leading with wisdom, but they're also not acting foolish, you know? And then the foolish person is someone who's just, you got to be careful. I've thought of the first Corinthians, uh, 1533, the, bad company corrupts good, good character verse that a lot of you guys know. Um, a foolish person, is someone that's, that's doing unwise things. And, and as you come to Christ or as you want to grow in Christ, there's going to need to be some kind of boundary with that type of person. There's going to need to be, if you're going to grow and, and go deeper in your faith, you're probably going to, I'm not, I don't want to say you spend less time with them because those are also people that you might be trying to minister to. So you don't cut them out of your life, but as far as your time with them, you have to ask the question, am I becoming more of a fool? Am I, am I, is my spiritual growth stunting because I'm spending time with them? Maybe there's a temptation that, you know, you struggled with before you came to Christ and you want to walk in repentance on. You got to be careful. Is this person a fool or a simple person in this area that I need to kind of maybe monitor how much time I'm spending with them? And then the last one is just the evil person. The evil person to me is someone that they're, they're, they're looking to harm you or people in some way, shape or form. Usually it's not physical. It could be, but it's more emotional, spiritual. They want to tear you down and, and, and basically you want to spend little to no time with those people. But a lot of this depends on where you are. Um, I would say when you come to Christ, you know, you're always, if you're a Christian, you're called to have impact on people that don't know Christ. So you have to be really careful saying, I'm going to cut out, you know, this person or that person. You you want to keep those relationships if possible. But if if they're if they're tearing you down and pulling you away from growth in your faith, you've got to be careful to not... Uh, spend too much time with them. So I hope that answers that question some, but the main thing is to lay out that grid, learn to use those, those four types of people in Proverbs to say, okay, how much time should I be spending? There's no formula, but you kind of intuitively can kind of know, all right, I really want to be around wise people. When I'm around simple people, I want to be careful and I want to impact them. When I'm around fools, I really want to be careful and make sure they're not pulling me down. That's you mentioned that as going on a little detour, and I'm glad you went on that detour. So let me mm-hmm. let me follow you on that detour a little bit, mm-hmm. Justin. Maybe a follow up question here. And and before I say it, I think it's really good that you laid out. We want to be careful, right? I love that you said we're not judging other people, but you, you in a sense we all live our lives where we are we are going through our lives and we are categorizing anybody you come across in in your life. You're going to in a sense be making a judgment call. Not that you're judging them, but you're making a judgment call on who this person may be. Every single person does that about everyone they meet. It's normal. So there's nothing weird about that, right? Um, so I love that you dis- you kind of distinguish that there. But let me let me ask you a follow up question on the evil person in this uh, 
in this example that you gave because um, I think that there are there are certainly people who have friendships or relationships that are very toxic. Maybe they become one-sided even. Um, as you mentioned, the, the evil person, um, I kind of thought of like a relationship or a friendship that's manipulative. Um, so when you realize that you know someone like that or you have a close friendship with someone like that, how do you actually cut that off? I think that's a really difficult thing for a young Christian to do. So what what sort of advice would you give to that? Yeah, I think my first advice would be, or a comment first is to say that's that's very complex. I think you're, the advice I'd give first is to invite someone who who you can talk through the details of that with, uh, maybe a mentor kind of that's somewhat close to the situation so you can get more specific. You know, I, I think it's all about communicating to them um, and just honesty. I think we, we live in a world today where we're so worried about offending people and, 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 you know, you don't want to be the bad guy. You don't want to, you don't want to hurt somebody, but there is a time where it's, it's better just to be honest and say, you know, this is, you know, this is not, this is not going to work and and we need to create this boundary. Um, I do think I will say on the other side of that, we're probably overusing that some in our culture today. It's a very therapeutic culture we live in. And so it's, you got to be careful to say, well, this relationship's not good for me, so therefore I'm going to set a boundary and I'm out. I'm not, you know, be careful not to do it with everybody. But I think, T-Roll, you're referring to someone that's clearly trying to hurt you. Yeah, or, clearly trying to hurt you. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So I think with the help of a mentor, plan on a, a communication plan. Maybe somebody you can't even speak to face-to-face. You need to communicate um, through someone else or oftentimes inviting a mediator, you know, or, you know, even – you know, people don't write letters these days, but somehow communicating through written written word versus verbal. I'm pretty sure that's mediocre advice right there. No question, but nothing you have said today is mediocre. <laughs> no, you're fine. Nothing you've said today has been mediocre. So let's do this. One last question. And I think this will be a good way to wrap it up. Um, so especially thinking for a young Christian, especially thinking for somebody who is really learning how to walk with God, there is a very difficult thing that comes in relationships and friendships, and that is the idea of being corrected by another Christian, by a fellow brother or sister in Christ. You know, the Bible talks about Christians, it's like ironing, sharpening iron, right? So let me ask you this. The idea of being corrected by a fellow Christian is is really new territory to a young Christian. I felt that when I first uh, became a Christian. I think a lot of people feel that. So how how would you recommend a young Christian to take that sort of advice, to take that correction and without being offended by it. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously going back to what we talked about earlier, the, the, the concept of trust, when you trust somebody, it's going to be easier to listen to anything they have to say. So I think developing trust with people, but, but I, I love this question to you. It's just so important guys. We're so sensitive in this culture but if the goal, if you've come to Christ, if you're a Christian, the goal, the will of God is sanctification. The goal is to know Christ. The goal is to, to be faithful and, and run the race with perseverance and finish. And so anybody who has not come to a place where they want people to speak in, they want to be rebuked and corrected and called out, you've got to turn that corner. I would just say that is a, a, a very base level commitment 
having people that will speak into your life, that will, will speak the truth and love, that will call you out and point you out. And so I would just say, first ask if you're there. And if not, I think spend some time praying, journaling, talking with the mentor. Why? You know, and obviously the, the, the word pride is going to come up. Where's that pride coming from? Looking into your life, looking into your, your sin struggle. Why, why would you not want somebody to speak into you? And maybe T-Roll ask you a question. What, when you think about that in your life, what maybe, how did that pride flesh out for you? Yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, I, I don't know if I can necessarily think of an, a one specific example, but I, but I do just remember this idea of being a really young believer, maybe within the first semester when I was a student. Um, and the first time I ever went to any sort of accountability group or any sort of discussion where uh, somebody really called me out on, and, and not that they called me out in a bad way, it was actually in a good way, but you just, it's just so, it's just so um, counterculture now to, to be corrected by anyone, even though a lot of people have opinions and want to correct others. It's, it's really hard to take constructive criticism. It's really hard to take um, things like that. So when it becomes spiritual now, I think those first few months, maybe even a few years of being a Christian, it it can be very challenging and hitting at your pride, yeah. like you said. So, yeah. Yeah. And with that, so I, I'd take some time to think about where, why is that pride showing up? And, 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 and really kind of, you know, I love Psalm 51 where David, even though he committed adultery and he had somebody murdered, he still said, my sin is against you and you alone, Lord. And so as you, as you wrestle with not liking to be called out by somebody, it's really an issue with God. You, you, your, your issue is I don't want to, I don't want to look bad. You know, I don't want to be told what to do by them. I already know that that's, that's not an issue with the person. Usually that's usually kind of the, the foundation of that is that you're still trying to prove yourself. You're still trying to, you know, bring something to the table when, when the gospel says you bring nothing to the table, you know, we're, we're the, we're the needy ones. And so even as you, when you came to Christ, you were needy, stay needy, stay contrite and humble. I love Isaiah 66 two. God saying it is the, the low in spirit. It is the contrite person that I long for. That's what I'm, that's what I'm seeking. And that's what we, uh, I'm so glad you asked this question because I can't stress it enough. Be the type of Christian that's saying, Hey, trusted friend, or even be that mature. Hey, I don't even know, you know, if I trust you, but if you see something in my life, I, I give you the open door, come speak in because my goal is to grow in sanctification. You know, I want that. I, I need to point you guys also to, to Matthew seven, three, the whole plank and log, uh, and spec, I forget, you know, which they, which they are, but just, we all have something in our own eye, you know, and as people point things out in your eye, just take it. Okay. You know, what, what did they say? And I know Olin, he's been a great mentor to me, Olin Stubbs, who some of you have heard on this podcast. He He's always giving me this advice, you know, Hey, that person may be 99% wrong, but if there's 1% of, of you can learn, you know, something from them, why not learn it? And so kind of having that attitude to where it's, you, you know, you're, you're, you're moving out of the pattern of getting upset when people point things out and you're actually inviting people into your life to point things out. And so that's kind of a rule for me is even if I know they're wrong, even if I, I, I think 99% of, of what they're saying is wrong, 
I'm going to try to find something to learn from it. And I'm not saying I, I do that perfectly, but we've got to get to where we, we let people speak truth and point things out. So good question to your role. Well, good answer and good answers. So Justin, this is a, it's been a pleasure to have you back on the pod. Um, I think everyone's really excited, really thankful to hear from you. So on behalf of all of our listeners, I want to say thank you for joining us again. Yes. So. Thanks for having me. And again, in, in closing the, I think if you, if you remember one thing and one thing only to have healthy relationships, we cannot keep showing up saying, give me something. We get what we need from the gospel and that frees us to go be givers in a relationship. And of course we receive blessings as we do that. So thanks for having me t -Roll. Absolutely. So Justin, uh, it's been a good time, brother. I'm sure we'll get you back on another time. So until then, I uh, just want to say uh, thank you to all of our listeners. Please go and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And let us know if you have any uh, ideas for future topics. We'd love to hear from you and uh, love to cover some new topics as well. So for my good friend Justin Hawara, this is T-Roll saying thank you for listening. We will see you next time for another episode of the Campus Outreach Podcast. Take care. <laughs>